Oh, well, hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to this week's episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. I am your host here on the DTP. My name, well, my name just might happen to be Colton G, and this week on the show, we are joined by... Matthew V. That's right. Matthew V. And for those of you who aren't sure who he is, you know I'm going to give you a brief description soon. And then, well, I'm going to allow Matthew V to introduce himself to you through conversation. Because that's what we do here on the Desert Tiger Podcast. But of course, before we go ahead and get there, before we even go ahead and play you some of Matthew V's music, there's a few things I just want to go ahead and take care of first. So, first thing first, of course, is I want to shout out ILoveDTP.com. And why is that? That's because ILoveDTP.com is where you're going to get the latest Desert Tiger podcast merch so that you can wrap the show everywhere you go, in front of your friends, in front of your family, and even in front of your petty little enemies because they can't stop you from chasing your dreams. I also want to go ahead and shout out you, the listeners of the podcast, for your feedback on our latest episode, which featured Cone McCasklin of Sum 41. Some of you know that I've been a big fan of Sum 41 for a long time and knew that this was a very big moment for me personally, so thank you for reaching out. I also want to go ahead and thank Canadian Wrestling Elite, who I recently debuted for, even if during my first match refing for them. I got punched in the face by Vance Nevada right after the match, and I'm actually recording this intro right after that happened, so forgive me if I'm a little bit loopy right now, but let's get this going. Maybe it's the soaring vocals that also glide with ease. Maybe it's the energy. The brave leaps forward to be honest and true to oneself. No matter what it is, Listeners of Matthew V are carried to a place of dance floor confessions and emotional connections. An undying love of pop music would lead Matthew from his original path in music to taking big steps in pursuit of the songs inside of his heart. Even with some of these steps, it was a trip back home that would actually end up giving Matthew the foundation to help launch this young singer career into a whole new level. Matthew's debut single, Tell Me Smooth, along with his debut full-length album, The Fifth, have both received incredible acclaim and showed his ability to connect with his listeners and began a string of opportunities that only have continued with his first Cross Canada tour in support of Rhea May, and with a collection of new singles to play for new fans nationwide, because Matthew doesn't just plan on connecting with your groove, Matthew also plans on connecting with you on a spiritual level with choir-inspired choruses. But please, please don't allow me to tell you all about it, because Matthew is going to be telling you about his journey very soon. What were those steps that he needed to take in the pursuit of his pop music dreams? His love of pop music. What was that moment that helped him elevate his career to an entirely new level? 
And of course, we're going to be talking all about his debut full-length album, The Fifth, and some of the ensuing singles that have dropped since then, including this song that I'm about to play for you right now. It's one of Matthew V's latest singles. It's incredibly infectious. In fact, so infectious that you just might want it to stay by. I look in the mirror I look in your eyes What do I see? My vision is clearer I'm seeing the better half of me And if I would have started all again Apologize, show you how it should have been So look in the mirror Look in my eyes What do you see? Beside your every moment That's where I'll be when it came crashing down And you fell into me I just wanted to say Don't throw it away And I made my mistakes I know you made them too But I just wanted to say I hope I can stay by you DTP fam, we are here with Matthew V, and of course Matthew V is currently on tour. 
He is in support of Rhea May, and he's also supporting quite a string of singles he has going on. The latest one, of course, being This Christmas Day. We're going to talk a little bit more about those singles and This Christmas Day later on. But before we get there, there's a journey, there's a progress, there's a progression to where these stories go to. And of course, we're going to get through exactly what that story is with my guest, Matthew V, here today. Thank you for joining the Desert Tiger podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be uh, back in, in Kamloops and to be doing this podcast. So thank you so much. Ah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Kamloops is very excited <laughs> to have you back as well. Oh, from amazing. what I've heard of the last show, unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend. From from what the people that I know who went, they're very excited that this bill is back together. Oh, once amazing. Again. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited. And uh, I know for myself and for my band and for Rhea as well. When I think about the last tour, which being the last time that I was in Kamloops, Kamloops is the one city that I vividly remember. I remember my entire experience here. I remember walking down to the, the uh, you know, liquor store. <laughs> and uh, I remember this hotel. We're staying at the same hotel where we're doing this podcast. And uh, it's just such a beautiful town. And I'm uh, really, really excited to be back here and, and uh, playing a, a bigger venue this time. So it, it's, it's super fun. Kamloops is a special place in my heart. Yeah, you guys sold out at least one of the nights you were here last time. And yes. I think the other night there was a little bit of a snow thing going on so i think that maybe have scared a little bit of people away so i think the bigger venue might be a better selection this time around exactly i'm i'm hoping so we got no snow this time i uh do remember last time i was in kamloops i uh fell so many times slipping on the ice on the sidewalk so i'm hoping my, my footwear is better prepared this time for some colder weather but uh i'm, I'm super excited to be playing a bigger venue well, this time. No, no ice on the ground so hopefully uh you, you can stay a little more stable this time around i'll still find a way i'm sure i'll still find a way to end up on my on, on my butt but <laughs> can't can't blame it on the ice this time no worries no worries at all so where does the love of music begin for matthew v and at what point do you actually begin training your very impressive vocals thank you so much thank you for saying that i i hate when every artist says this because it's such a typical answer but i have to deliver the same answer being that I was singing since birth. The first song that I ever sang, I was like probably one years old. I have all these home videos of me singing Man, I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain. I only listened to Shania Twain and Celine Dion exclusively my entire childhood. I guess I came from a household that uh, championed strong Canadian artists. But mm -hmm. um, so I, w I was singing all around the house at all times. And uh, I started playing sports with my brother. My parents put us into sports and my brother started playing so many sports. And they wanted to like level things out and I didn't really express interest in hockey or soccer. I just kind of played baseball during baseball season. And they were like, oh, Matt, you have to do like Steven's doing all this stuff. So we should get you doing something else. And they noticed that, you know, I was singing at all times. And I said, well, why don't we put you in singing lessons? So I was seven when I started singing lessons and I trained in opera for 10 years, uh, which was intense training. But looking back on it now, I'm super happy that I had that uh, uh, training and I built that foundation at that time so I started my training at that point and I uh it's funny I would train in opera and then I'd go home and I would sing you know pop music all the time so as I got older I kind of started uh writing my own music and uh realizing that I could go beyond the training that I was doing okay so it was just at home that you were progressing your own musical 
boundaries in a different direction while still in the school realm, you're still pushing your vocals in that classical range. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was, I was training in opera for 10 years and I remember it was Christmas time and I, I asked my, my voice teacher if I could do one of the Mariah Carey Christmas songs and I, I really wanted to do big runs. And I remember hearing all, all the artists on the radio doing runs and in, in opera and classical music, there's no runs. It's just like you deliver what's on the page and that's kind of it. So I'd been practicing at home and I was really nervous and uh, she pulled out the sheet music for it and we started singing it and I just like went way over the top with it. Uh, but she was, she saw, you know, potential there and she was so excited that I was kind of expressing uh, this interest to kind of go beyond what I was kind of learning at that time and um, yeah and then when I was at home I would always practice runs in the shower I would like hear these big fancy runs and I would break them down and do them so slow and then every day I'd get faster and faster and faster at them and uh, I, I developed a real passion for almost, almost over singing <laughs> and then now I've kind of uh, strategically dialed it back in certain moments but um I definitely took time uh, at home to develop my own personal taste rather than just like delivering uh, music that was on a paper. Okay, so yeah. definitely from being from an opera background, the very big presentation. So you took the learning of that and you applied it to what you wanted to know. And then you maybe had to dial back a little bit of the over the top of the, of the opera, but still bring it in with the way that you do with your vocals where it still hits an incredibly powerful way yeah, thank you so much thank you for saying that um yeah it was i am so happy that i had the foundation of the training because now like i feel comfortable singing through a cold and i feel comfortable um you know I, I know i know to warm up my voice properly and i know when i'm pushing too hard to the point where i'm going to damage my voice so i'm happy that i kind of gained that knowledge from a young age and then now i kind of need to pull back um some of the training for example, people always tell me they're like, oh, like, you know, were you trained? And when I say yes, like, oh, I can hear it in your voice. And that's because I have a thick vibrato. But for the most part in pop music, there are some moments that don't need to sound perfect because they need to sound emotional. Uh, and there's some moments that like if you're growling or you scoop up to the note uh, or you do runs like those are things that go beyond the, the classical training that, that's that's on a page where your mm -hmm. voice is kind of just an instrument similar to a trumpet or a violin where you just deliver what you're there to deliver. So there was a bit of detraining to be able to like find my own style and kind of how I wanted to uh, deliver my my vocals. But that was kind of the fun part, uh, knowing that I had kind of built somewhat of a foundation to sing healthy. And then I kind of got to play around from there. Okay, so yeah. you're starting to begin to write some of your own songs. You're starting to really dive into the music that you love within your heart. Yeah. At what point do you decide you fully want to put your foot on the gas pedal to pursue pop music? And what does that decision look like? So I, as I got older during my training, I kind of realized that you know, if I, if I want to do this, then, you know, what's holding me back? I'm, I'm my own person. I can kind of make my own decisions. And uh, I was looking into schools, uh, music schools that I could go to that weren't necessarily for opera, that were contemporary music schools that I could like go and train pop music. I really wanted to travel, but I did quite well in high school. And I was from the mindset that like, if you did well with grades, you went to university. Like that's, that was kind of like the, the plan for the people around me. Mm -hmm. 
So knowing that, knowing that I wanted to travel and I wanted to do pop music, I was like, how can I kind of like rig the system here so I can do all three of these things? So I was looking into pop music schools that I could go to outside the country. So I got into a school in Los Angeles and I got into a school in London, England. When I was 15 or 16, I made sure that I applied really early and I figured out all my stuff. And then I decided to go to the one in London, England. And at that moment, I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to dive into the city and I'm going to like put my foot in every door. I'm going to, you know, make sure that people are listening to me. I'm going to be a assistant here. I'm going to like offer up all of my services in all of these different pools. Uh, and I'm going to pursue it with all that I have. I'm like, no better time than right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went over to London, England and kind of started my journey of finding the music that I wanted to make. Uh, and what my own sound was and mm-hmm. I was always kind of drawn to a UK pop sound rather than a US pop sound with kind of influence that decision but uh, I was kind of a bold youngster I like 17 years old jumped overseas and was like I'm gonna go make it happen fingers crossed mm-hmm. <laughs> wow so very at the age of 17 yeah so you had just graduated high school just then. graduated my yep. goodness so you moved to London England all by yourself then yes so wow didn't know anyone my family came for a week to kind of get me situated uh went over there didn't know a soul in london i had distant family in germany but that's like far away yeah (laughs) um and the the thing that kind of caught me by surprise when i moved there was because i you know when you're in high school like you kind of think that you're invincible and you don't like real life hasn't hit you yet and so I, i went over there and immediately i was like okay as soon as my parents left i was like all my loved ones are awake when i'm asleep and are asleep when i'm awake and if crap hits the fan over here, I'm like, I have to pick up the pieces. Um, you know, I don't have, uh, you know, a support system around me to kind of like uh, help me if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. So that kind of hit me like a bit of a wave. But with that being said, I was able to kind of like grow up instantly. It was a sink or swim situation. And uh, the fact that I, you know, made it home every night with food in my stomach <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, didn't get didn't get lost too much, uh, it, it helped me grow up and become more independent kind of in a snap so I was I was really happy with that uh, experience oh, wow okay because it's 17 years old like you say you're coming out of high school you think you're invincible you think you know so much about the world yeah. but then <laughs> suddenly it's just like bam reality Absolutely. so it's it's 17 years old that's an incredibly huge step to take on one's own especially in, like having a support system that can only like maybe only answer you well you're asleep and yeah. you can only answer back when they're asleep and that's that's incredibly difficult yeah thank you uh, yeah it was and again i i definitely think that it was a bit of a naive leap of faith because i did think that i was totally invincible and that i knew everything about the world and you know i'm finally out of high school and you know i can finally do everything that i know that i can do and mm-hmm. uh very ambitious and um you know, I definitely fell on my face a few times with learning how to survive on my own, but mm. I, I I wouldn't trade it for anything. I think that the mistakes that I made in, in that time frame kind of like helped me learn on the other end as to how to not mess up so much. Well, and <laughs> the things that it possibly taught you about yourself as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I learned, I, I really came into my own and I think that I developed into the adult that I am today in that very formative year. So, uh, a lot happened really, really quickly there. It was, it was a bit of a pressure cooker. Okay. So you only spent a year in London then. So I spent a year, I was in a four year program, uh, but I came home for the summer mm-hmm. and I was going to, I had every expectation of going back. 
Uh, but I ended up signing a record deal in Canada the summer Ooh. that I was home. And I was like, well, this is, was kind of my goal from school anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to stay and kind of commit, um, you know, full time to working on my music here. And uh, uh, I, I do miss London a lot. I want to go back, but I've, I'm telling myself that I want to go back for music. So I'm waiting to have the right opportunity to like play a show there or uh, whatever pulls me back over there. I'm, I'm being more... Uh, uh, timid to just make that leap uh, but yeah so I ended up coming home and I uh, signed my record deal here and uh, that was kind of it for London I, I, I made up my mind that I was going to stay uh, in Canada and uh, work my hardest here okay so you come home just for the summer or so you think yeah <laughs> and yet music somehow ends up finding a different way into your life how do you end up getting signed to 604 records on a summer trip home that ends up changing the course of well maybe i don't have to go to music school and maybe i can actually pursue what i love right now absolutely well i i realized pretty quickly in school that it was the reason to have me in the uk like writing essays about pop music wasn't going to get me a record deal there wasn't textbook learning that was really going to uh, you know, teach me the perfect method. If there was a formula for the perfect hit song, everyone would be doing it. Um, so I think that it's a very subjective, uh, you know, art form that we're in. And it's all about public opinion and you can't really write that in a book. But it was a reason for me to be over there pursuing what I wanted to do. And so when I came home, uh, I don't even remember what the show was, but I played a show at the Biltmore Cabaret. I was opening for someone. Uh, a little half an hour set. There was maybe 10 people there. It was, I think, my, my first show as Matthew V. Um, I just had my guitar player at the time and myself and just sang acoustically for half an hour. A very boring, unimagined set, trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, my day-to-day manager now was there. Uh, he came up to me after the show and he said, hey, I think you have an amazing voice. Um, I just started working with 604. I think that you would be, uh, you know, and a... Uh, interesting fit would you be willing to come and sit down with Jonathan Simkin who's the head of 604 Records I said Mm. absolutely Uh, so I went down and had a chat with him played him some of the demos that I had worked on during that year Um, and he really liked everything uh, so we decided to move forward with a little bit of like a trial management period where they could prove themselves to me and I could very much prove myself uh, to them Mm -hmm. and in those six months I kind of wrote my first record delivered all the demos to 604 Jonathan really liked them and then we uh we moved forward from there but it was a it was it was a really healthy uh gateway into my relationship with them I think um being able to take that time to really get to know each other we weren't rushing into anything and uh yeah I think we built a really strong foundation of my relationship with 604 and with my manager um being able to kind of you know show him my work ethic and the type of music that I made and uh, you know him to show me how he was going to support me in, in my career mm-hmm. well it's very much as a lot of artists don't like to look at it when you get to this level of your career you're very much also a business within yourself and absolutely when you create those relationships with people who are helping you express your vision and put it out to a bigger crowd yeah making sure that like those relationships are with people who you can not only trust but that you get along with and know that you can do business with and that they're going to be able to see things from the way that you yeah. see it or be able to bring and elevate what you see so what has 604 brought into the table and what was that like that trial 
method like? Was it just yeah. like releasing a single? What what was that process like in order to get with 604? And then what was it to the process in order to get that first record from writing it into actual production? Absolutely. So I, I first of all, I love what you said about the fact that it's the music business. I say this all the time. I work in the music business and I think that it's 50% music and it's 50% business. And I think that a lot of artists miss out on the fact that this is a business. You, your personality and the music that you make uh, and your yourself or your band or your, your artist project is your product. And, you know, that's what you're technically, quote unquote, selling to the marketplace, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't mean that I'm going to alter who I am. But at the end of the day, when I'm releasing music and I'm putting it out there under the name Matthew V with artwork, uh, it's a product that I'm putting out there. So I think that there's a lot of business sense that artists lack when they bring to the table in these situations, uh, which is the advice that I always give up and coming artists is to make sure that you're thinking of this in a smart way. You know, you're offering things to the business and the business and the business is offering things to you back. So mm-hmm. to kind of have that mindset about it. But back to your question, during this the six month trial period where we were kind of feeling things out with each other, I would he gave he kind of gave me the task to bring back a bunch of demos. Uh, that I would want to, you know, see my record heading in that direction mm-hmm. uh, and to work with a bunch of the in-house producers that he had a relationship with at that time. Uh, so I worked with a bunch of the producers. The first producer I worked with, we wrote Tell Me Smooth, which was my first single that went top 20. And uh, he asked me to write with Dan Mangan, who's one of my favorite artists from uh, BC. Uh, and then I, so I would kind of jump through all these little hoops and you know made sure that I did a good job at all these tasks and also tasks but amazing opportunities for me mm-hmm. to be working with these people and yeah I was just really thoughtful and you know uh, in those sessions and made sure that uh, I was happy with where we ended up and out of this I think I'd submitted six demos and I think five of them ended up on the album um, so yeah he he liked the direction that the things were going and um, I was happy that he was you know setting up all these sessions for me and then now with my relationship with 604, they helped me organize all my radio campaigns. They helped me organize uh, relationships with DSPs, which is Spotify and Apple Music, and making sure that you know the, the music's being highlighted and doing well on those platforms. Uh, they're the reason that I'm here on this tour. They've set me up with my booking agent and mm-hmm. uh, organized you know uh, my publicist to set up this podcast yeah. and to uh, okay. you know make sure that I'm in a hotel and <laughs> someone's taking <laughs> us around the country. So uh, yeah, it, it has definitely helped. Uh, my career leaps and bounds Mm -hmm. because i mean without that a lot of those things would be on your own shoulders and a lot of artists don't like handing those things over sometimes but they don't realize just how much having someone who knows those things and knows the road can actually maybe help you make things that much easier absolutely i walked into this industry thinking that i knew everything which i feel like i kind of walk into everything thinking that i knew everything and then uh slowly as the curtain uh, as i as i peeked behind the curtain and as it got pulled back i realized how much i didn't know so the help from 604 in that regard has been uh game changing for sure okay all yeah. right so let's talk about the fifth and what the process was for that so you put in six demos five of them get approved and yeah. there's more than definitely more than five songs on this album so absolutely how does the production of this album begin from these demos absolutely so from the demos when they were submitted uh, we knew pretty quick that tell me smooth was going to be the first single um so we had that one we you know spared no 
expense, no time on it. We made sure that it was perfect to our liking. We had it mixed by a bunch of people. We had it mastered by a bunch of people to make sure that, you know, we had the best possible ending product for that song. So once we knew that that was the single, we got it finished and then we started finishing up some of the other five that were accepted. And then I was sitting back and I was wondering, okay, well, where does the album go from here? Uh, 604 recommended that I had the album finished before we started releasing things. So Mm -hmm. when things got busy, we weren't being held back from the fact that I had to go somewhere and finish an album. Uh, So I ended up working with a lot of the people that I worked with on the first five. uh, So we could explore more about what those sounds looked like and what those relationships looked like. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think. And then I also came to Toronto a lot and I did a lot of demoing in Toronto. And I feel like over the last three years, I've probably done like 150 demos. Like I've, I've written a lot of music. Um, and so it, it's been nice to, I've been able to push myself and kind of like throw the, cast the net out really wide. So we're only releasing the best things that are there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I ended up writing a lot of music um, and uh, we kind of polish, we finish off the album as to what we thought fit on that body of work. And then, other songs that we thought were great outside that uh, was kind of where we were planning on heading after the first album, branching okay. out, uh, you know, exploring a bit more with with uh, my sound. But uh, yeah, and then uh, once the album was done, we started releasing with Tommy Smooth, and we did the whole radio tour with that, and uh, started planning out our you know future singles mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely want to know how you ended up taking these acoustic demos and ended up taking them to the sound that you have now created for yourself and have found for yourself. And, of course, before we get there, I think that we should definitely play another one of your songs, another track that we're going to be talking about later on in this episode. And technically, your latest single as well. You may have heard me mention it earlier in the episode. That, of course, is called This Christmas Day. But before we get there... There's a few things I want to go ahead and take care of first. And, of course, the first thing of those things is I love DTP.com. And, of course, that's where you're going to go ahead and get geared up, swagged up, whatever you want to call it. It's where you're going to go ahead and get yourself the latest and greatest in Desert Tiger podcast merchandise. And you're going to tell me, Colton, right now there is only T-shirts available. That's right. We are low on everything else. But don't worry. We're going to get that all back up and running very soon more hats we're going to be bringing in toques we're going to be bringing in all sorts of new stuff soon new stuff coming in 2020 as well over at ilovedtp.com it's where you're going to go ahead and rep the show everywhere you go in front of your friends in front of your family and even in front of your enemies because you know that they can't stop you from chasing your dreams heck no they can't no no they absolutely can't Of course, I also want to go ahead and take a moment to acknowledge XYZ. If you've been listening to a couple of our latest episodes, I've been running a spot known as XYZ, looking for possible sponsors for the show. Well, we've gotten actually quite a bit of positive feedback about that, and we're going to be filling some of these roles with some of those sponsors very, very soon. But of course, if any of you potential sponsors are also interested in this, you can email me at desert.tiger.podcast at gmail.com and we can discuss these things further. Before we also go ahead and play this Christmas day for you here on this episode, I just wanna I just wanna ask you, the listeners of the Desert Tiger Podcast, what is your favorite Christmas movie? What movie do you like to watch while you're getting warmed up with a mug of hot chocolate or 
Maybe a uh, nice glass of eggnog to warm you up as well. Maybe you're watching these movies with friends, family, or maybe a, a, a special loved one. What are these films? I want you to go ahead and hit us up on our Twitter at Desert Tiger Pod. You can also hit me up at Colton G, period, underscore. Why that? Because, well, Colton G is taken, but we're not going to go into the details about that. So, Colton G, period, underscore. You're going to see when you look it up that I'm the host of the Desert Tiger Podcast. So, once you do that, go ahead and tag us in the post about your favorite Christmas movies. Maybe your favorite Christmas movie happens to be the same as Matthew V. If you hang on, you're going to find out exactly what that is when we discuss this Christmas day later on in this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. But why don't we go ahead and get seasonal, get in the spirit by playing that new song for you. And of course, it's, it's a little bit of a different vibe than a lot of other Christmas songs, but it definitely still hits home. I hope that you get to spend your holidays with your loved ones, family, and friends on this Christmas day. Candles are burning, snowflakes are falling down. But it just don't feel like Christmas, cause this year you won't be coming round And I know you'd be here If you could I promise I'd be Oh, so good And I Just a moment You think you're coming home This Christmas day I won't move a muscle Just in case It's easy to give it But I only ask one thing That when everybody's Distance won't mean a thing mm-hmm. That way we can finally feel the way That we did as kids on Christmas Day Coming home this Christmas day I won't move a muscle just in case I won't move 
for myself just in case. The Desert Tiger Podcast. This all started with a lot of acoustic songs and everything else. And when you look at your songs now, they have like very powerful production behind it where you have like choir-esque choruses in some of the songs. And it like in some cases, some people say it's like a church-like feeling. And that's definitely something that goes. So how do you go from that acoustic sound to creating this defined sound? What exactly was the process and was this a sound that you naturally thought you wanted or was this something that you stumbled upon and it just became you and represented you yeah absolutely i mean i started acoustically uh because the first ep that i did i funded myself it was before that it was before i was signed and um i really just kind of worked within the realms of the budget that i was working with and i knew that like a big pop smash was going to cost a handful of money and I wanted to get a whole EP done. So I was like, let me show off the fact that I can sing. Let me do it acoustically. And I still have a special place in my heart for acoustic songs. But as I got with 604 and we were really aiming to get on radio, I think that they knew and I knew that we needed to go kind of a ba- like above and beyond where we were right now. So they had the resources uh, with pop radio producers to kind of get the production to the next level and like beef things up and, and uh, amp them up. Uh, so that was super helpful. Uh, but in terms of these, uh, you know, big uh, church-like harmonies and, and choir sounds, typically, Tell Me Smooth we brought in backing singers for. But everything else, uh, all of the harmony choir stuff is just me 90 times <laughs> stacked in the background. <laughs> I sit back and I make sure, like, I try to sound like other people and I try mm-hmm. to sound like, uh, you know, women and then really deep male voices and I change up my vowel placements and all this stuff and I make sure that I sound like different people. Um, but I was inspired by that because when I was trying to do all these runs uh, when I was younger and I was learning how to like, you know, sing soulfully, uh, I would listen to soul music and I would listen to gospel music all the time. And I loved when there's a big choir singing really emotively and then there's one person just like doing runs above it uh, and like belting out. Uh, so I think that was kind of like a little bit of like an homage to like what it inspired me to kind of find my own voice and all this stuff. But uh, still to this day, I'll always throw big giant harmonies on everything because I think that it's just super nice and full. And I'm happy that I've kind of got to the point where at least for now, I'm, I'm able to, you know, do them myself and just like, yep, track it again. Let's get another me sitting singing in there. And then there's 90 of them at the end of the day. And uh, we just stack them all together. And uh, I, I think it sounds uh, I, I think it's. If you really listen, you can probably tell that it, that it's all me, but I think uh, the impact that it has upon first listen kind of does what it has to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely a lot of the training and a lot of the work that you did definitely assisted with that moment where it's like, all right, run it again. I want to sound like uh, a little bit more of a higher-pitched yeah. woman in a choir. Yeah, absolutely. I want to be that deep <laughs> guy, the baritone in the back. Yeah, and... yeah, no kidding, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely lean on... Uh, some of the training in, in those moments. So I'm, I'm super grateful that I had that base for sure. Wow. All right. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about the lyrical content of some of these songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I feel I find in a lot of the songs is the fighting through tough moments and finding strength when sometimes maybe you don't have that. And maybe that's something that was an experience that you found in London when you were by yourself or what it is. Is that something that inspired a lot of the songs on this album? Absolutely. So I think that lyrically, I'm always trying to say, 
I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to just be as vulnerable as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, uh, I'm always trying to just make sure that I'm being as authentic as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if I'm saying something that's, uh, you know, true to myself and it's an experience that I'm going through that someone out there has probably been through something similar. Um, and for me, I think the whole magic of everything is like, you fall down twice, get up three times, you know, it's like, uh, life, if it were just a video game where you walked from one end to the level to the other end with no issues, it would be super boring and no one would really want to play it. You know what I mean? The whole point of this, and in my opinion, why I'm here is just like every day there's going to be little obstacles, bumps, some are larger than the other, but it's how I kind of navigate those, get perspective on them and then like build from all of these, you know, different obstacles is how I become a better person and stronger and more resilient on the other end of it. So I think that I'd like to convey that in my music. Some some songs are just not really optimistic at all and just it's me, you know, kind of wallowing in it for a moment. And then I think that I'd like to wrap it around with another song that like kind of picks myself back up. So I think there's different moments of that journey and that and that wave in there. But uh, yeah, I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head with uh, where I like to point my direction lyrically absolutely well and sometimes you have to have those songs that are very honest and about where you're feeling and sometimes when you're feeling something you haven't gotten to the moment where you've reached over the hump of that moment yet absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely so yeah and i think that like those are some of the most uh you know raw and authentic moments that people connect with because when i'm feeling down in the dumps i turn to music most of the time so you know that's kind of where i lean to so I think that that's where people would turn to you know my music in some of those moments okay so when you first met your tour manager here this was an acoustic show and is something we mentioned earlier but tonight you're going to be playing with more of a band so what is it like to take that sound of the choir and that really full presentation of everything and bring it into that band environment and put it onto a stage yeah absolutely so luckily i have a uh, music director chris and uh, he handles all of the arrangements and making the version that you would hear on spotify or apple music or on your phone uh making that sound like bigger and more exciting and just uh probably a little bit different than the recording as you'd hear it live you know, making special moments where we walk over to each other. And uh, this is the first tour that the band's actually doing backing vocals live to kind of help me out there. So um, that's super exciting. Uh, We're trying out a lot of new stuff this tour, but uh, I I think it's every tour we go on, every sort of leg that we uh, take, uh, the the show keeps getting better and better. And I would attribute a lot of that to all the stuff that Chris has been doing behind the scenes. He always calls me and says, oh, you know, I, I have an idea, let's send this song and then let's transition it with this and it'll walk into this song and then you'll talk after. Uh, but he, he always calls me with these fantastic ideas. So having him be so ambitious uh, towards my set is something that I super appreciate and I've been able to see how far it's grown for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's another aspect of the music business that a lot of people don't actually put a lot of thought into is the stage presentation. And that's something that I always try and keep an eye out on for because... Yeah. If you can't move to your music, why should anybody else move to your music? Absolutely. And I think that that's kind of the magic of it all. We put a lot of thought into the arc of the show and then where people might be losing interest and then how to like keep them engaged in those moments and uh, you know where we put new songs and where we put the songs that people know and just like everything has a bit of thought put into it, which I definitely didn't think at the start of my career. It was just 
I'm going to go out and sing these songs and sound good. And now that I'm, you know, spent a bit of time in it, there's so much more that goes into, you know, crafting a show that we think is worth watching. Uh, but it, it's it's exciting to kind of challenge ourselves and push ourselves to put on a better show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. that's part of what bring, keeps bringing people back, right? Yeah, absolutely. All absolutely. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. So like we mentioned before we started recording, this is actually your first full time traveling across Canada touring. Yes with your music is that how many tours have you done before this so i did a i've done a bunch of like one-off openings in different cities uh so i've opened for a few larger acts at at just one show either in vancouver or toronto or uh, winnipeg and i played a few festivals i've done a east coast canadian tour just in bc and then a uh west coast or uh, sorry, no, West Coast tour just in BC, and then an East Coast tour where we played, uh, you know, Halifax and uh, Nova Scotia. But this is the first time filling in the gaps in the middle. I've done a radio tour across the country where we stopped at all the radio stations. This is the first time actually playing for the people in some of these, uh, you know, major markets for me. So um, I'm excited. It's going to be in the middle of Canadian winter. So mm-hmm. if we can get through this, we can get through any time of year. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're kind of jumping off the uh, deep end here, but uh, it'll be, I'm super excited for it. And I'm excited too, vocally, just to be able to know that I can do 17 shows in the course of a month with press and radio. And I mean, hopefully knock on wood, I'm, I'm at show number three tonight. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited for that challenge. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot of, a lot different than just playing one show. Whereas you have to actually take care of your voice and make sure that it's prepared every evening. And once again, another thing that a lot of people don't actually put thought into. Absolutely. I mean, I'm the, the worst culprit when I go to a, uh, you know, show, uh, you know, if I'm seeing, let's say, you know, Katy Perry on tour in this big arena. And I'm like, oh, you know, she doesn't sound as good as I wanted her to sound. And, you know, I, I don't, think of the fact that she's played 40 nights in a row before this in a large arena sound checks press media and for me coming from vancouver i'm spoiled with moisture in the air but as we creep further and further into the center of the country it's really dry um so making sure that i'm like hydrating and like i have my humidifier and all this stuff that goes into being able to sing i i I love my band with my whole heart but they can play if it's dry out or if they're sick. And for me, like my instrument kind of shuts down if I'm sick or ill or under the weather, or, you know, just not in perfect conditions. So I'm trying to make sure that I'm staying on top of all that stuff. Definitely, especially with those very dry prairie winters. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, to say the least. <laughs> so it's not only the fifth that you're bringing to fans with this tour. It's also some new singles that weren't on the album that have been being released through this new year as well. So are these new singles leading to an upcoming release soon? Absolutely. So we have new singles that are, uh, yeah, pretty much we're playing a lot of the new singles on this tour. Um, We're working towards a few EPs in the new year, uh, also an album in the new year. So we have a lot of stuff coming out. so it's, it's really nice to be playing this this new music and also to be building towards this this new project. And for me, as long as, uh, you know, I'm taking uh, a step up with each release where I feel the content's getting better and that things are doing better, uh, that's all I can really ask for. And I'm really excited about this, this new project that we're building for 2020. And uh, it's nice to play some of the new music here on the road and uh, some of the new singles as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really good about it. All right, awesome. Let's speak about a couple of those new singles. So I want to speak about Stay By You. One thing that I was very, very um, taken by was the music video for the song. Yes. And the 
haunted message that you have going on with it the very spooky feeling you have yeah yeah and how it definitely gives you just listening to the song it gives you the idea of just wanting to make up with somebody and be there for them and just be with them yeah. through everything and whereas like the haunted message just totally gives you an entirely different vibe of what the song could mean yeah absolutely i loved kind of turning it on its head because i think the song's kind of like right on the nose so i feel like people aren't really going to misconstrue the concept when they hear the song i'm like oh you know if we're going to do the video for this then uh, let's kind of turn it on its head and give a different perspective about it. Also, I love horror movies. They're my absolute favorite. And uh, the music video came out in October, so it was kind of perfect timing to do something, uh, you know, uh, a little artsy and, and spooky. And uh, I thought that it was cool to kind of, like, turn the love story on its head and have, uh, you know, my my companion in the video being a ghost and us trying to communicate to each other for, for better or worse through our different worlds. But... Uh, yeah, it was funny. I'm really happy with how it looked. I think that it looks super glossy, and I think that the idea that uh, we all came up with was executed in the way that we wanted to, so I'm, I'm really stoked on the video. No, oh, it's visually, it comes off very well, and the message it pulls off is oh, thank very, you so much. very amazing. Thank you. Very amazing. And then going from the spooky vibe to a completely different flip, of course, this being the second sort of holiday-y inspired single the first one being last year's home this one is this christmas day yes but it's not so much a joyous christmas where it's just more so wishing that you had that one moment to share or that one person to share the moment with i mean i think that i wanted to you know hit on the the nostalgic feeling of like family and loved ones around christmas and there's a lot of people that don't get to spend you know that time of year like with their loved ones whether they're traveling or whether you've lost a loved one or you know whether you've you know broken up with a significant other around that time of year i think that for me even just being on tour into december now um you know lots of my family is going home for christmas and then when i go home we're gonna miss each other so i think that it's uh it was a song that i wanted to like it's almost like extending a little bit of an olive branch you know it's like even if you're not here this christmas i'll be thinking about you mm-hmm. um you'll be in, in in my mind and in my heart and uh i thought that it was uh you know a tasteful way to deliver a, a christmas song this time of year yeah mm-hmm. okay is christmas something that is very big in your family yeah i love i love christmas christmas was always like the big holiday as i think it is for 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 many people but um it's super nostalgic for me and like as i get older christmas kind of means a different thing than it does when you're a child and i'm you know kind of leaning more on my family uh during these most recent holidays and uh so yeah the fact that uh we're going to be apart this uh you know this this christmas and if i'm traveling more and more in the future that uh yeah i wanted to have something that i can you know leave them with or have them be able to listen to and play and kind of feel like we're all together for a, a moment all right, awesome. Do you yeah. have a Christmas favorite Christmas movie that you like to watch with those favorite people? Oh, The Polar Express is like is my go-to. I have to watch it every year. Wait, it doesn't matter. Like it has to be. I have to watch it every year. I have to like do put all, all the decorations have to be up. It has to be a big event. I have to have like hot chocolate or something. It needs to be like one hundred percent Christmas all the time. I love all the Christmas movies, but if I had to like make sure I watched one every year, it's mm-hmm. The Polar Express. See, that's me with the Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, so there it's you gotta go. be a nice mug of hot chocolate and the stockings have to be up and yeah 
Yeah, it, it's it, got to be snowing outside. Has to be the full experience. Well, I mean, up here you can guarantee that you're gonna get uh, <laughs> snow. And sometimes down in uh, Vancouver, we we can't guarantee it. But maybe I'll just uh, print a large photo and paste it on my window and make. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, even there's a lot of rain down there, and that's close enough. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, exactly. Anything to give me a reason to be inside. All right, awesome. So before I ask you my last question of today's conversation, where can the listeners of the podcast find out more about Matthew V, and where can they find the fifth and your other singles absolutely thank you so much for saying that um you can find me on social media at matthew v music so it's uh matthew v matthew with one t m-a-t-h-e-w v music uh, on all social media and you can find me on spotify apple music or my mom will find you somewhere in public corner you and tell you all about it well, I hope one day I can find her and hear every all the details yeah, exactly. and how proud she is of you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. So as someone who's taken a lot of big risks and a lot of big steps in their journey and in their lifetime, it's maybe there's someone who's listening to this podcast who is afraid of taking those journeys and is someone with a very distinct sound and a very distinct pathway and journey it's what would you have to say to someone who's maybe afraid of taking that leap of faith knowing that it could possibly bring them their dreams how i always viewed it was if i have a goal i am absolutely capable of achieving that goal and there are nine hundred thousand different paths to getting there so when the first door closes, it does not mean that my only way to success has just shut on me. You know what I mean? It's I, okay, let me rethink this. Let me shift. Let me adapt. You have to be very adaptable. Be able to pivot as many times as you can. Um, and then when I tried door number two and that closed my face, I'm like, okay, well now there's fewer doors to go down. You know, I know mm -hmm. that those two aren't the option. Um, so my piece of advice would be just keep working at it. If that's your end goal, it might not happen in the, in the exact timeline or in the exact way that you want it to happen, but there are so many different paths of reaching that goal for yourself. Mm -hmm. So when a door closes, find a window. There's lots of doors in the world. Like go find yourself another door, rethink it, get creative about it and uh, keep pursuing. Like the more doors you knock on, the more chance you have at finding that one important yes. The, the one yes you guess means all of the no's mean nothing, you know? Like, it, all you need is the one yes. So just keep knocking on doors, keep looking for different doors, and when they close, it just means you don't need to go to that door again. But there's not just one path to your uh, success. So mm -hmm. just, just keep being willing to pivot, absolutely. And there's no reason to say that a door won't reopen down the road once you've put in a little bit more work as well. Absolutely, once you get better at door knocking, then maybe someone will answer that door. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so very much for joining me today, Matthew V. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you very much. And I hope you have a great time on the tour and good luck with the show this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Matthew V is currently on tour across Canada in support of his latest singles and also in support of the wonderful Rhea May. And you, you, the listener of the Desert Tiger podcast, can catch this powerful pop tag team as they travel across the north bringing amazing vibes to dance floors all over and you might even be able to see them perform a song together but of course that's the only hint i'm going to give you about this show because if you want to find out more you need to go and check it out for yourself and you're gonna have an amazing time when you do so because 
I know I did when I went and saw them in Kamloops. So what are you waiting for? Go and get your tickets. Go and check them out as they travel across Canada. But now I hear you. Now I hear you calling out to me from the other side of this microphone. And I hear you, the listeners of the DTB. And I hear you saying, where are these shows? Where are they, Colton? Tell us. Where do we have to go? Well, well, my friends, you can catch Matthew V and Rhea May at the following locations because it breaks down like this. Tonight, that of course being the 21st of November 2019, you can catch them in Calgary, Alberta. The 22nd, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. The 23rd, Winnipeg, Manitoba. And from there, they're going to be heading to Ontario for a string of dates. And that kicks off on the 27th in Hamilton. The 28th in London. On the 29th, Toronto, the 30th, Ottawa, December the 4th, St. Catharines, Ontario, the 5th, Waterloo, the 6th, Kingston, and the final date on December 17th, wrapping up this leg of the Stars Tour, it is Montreal, Quebec, and from there, I believe Matthew V is going to be working on more amazing music, so go out and make sure you catch him well you can because he's gonna have you parting your buns off on that dance floor like i said i guarantee it and of course i want to go ahead and thank matthew v one last time for joining me here on this week's episode of the podcast and i want to go ahead and thank the team that helped me bring matthew v on to this episode of the podcast and that starts with Mackenzie, Samantha and the rest of the crew over at Strut Entertainment. You guys know that Strut helps hold it down here over at the DTP all the time and you know we love them oh so much. And I also want to go and give a shout out to Chris because sometimes it's the people behind the scenes that help things move just oh so smoothly and I'm thankful for those people. I also want to go ahead and thank you guys, the listeners of the podcast, for tuning in to today's episode of the show. And if you're new to Desert Tiger, maybe you want to go ahead and consider hitting the follow or subscribe button on whatever service you're listening to. And maybe if you're new or maybe you're a returning listener, maybe you want to go ahead and leave a review on your favorite listening service so that that helps us chart That helps us get more listeners, which in turn helps us get bigger and better guests. It's a win-win situation for everybody along the way. And of course, I mean, if, if if you enjoyed this episode enough, maybe, just maybe, you want to consider sharing this episode on your social media or maybe even telling your friends and family about it in person. Tell them your favorite memory or part about the show or maybe something that you think they would enjoy about this episode and of course if you do tag and share this if you do share this episode i would be ecstatic if you tagged the desert tiger podcast while doing so of course you can do so at either desert tiger pod or desert tiger podcast on facebook it's entertainment but that works as well or you can tag me colton g i'm i mean long-term colton geschwanner but on Instagram and Twitter, I am Colton G. And while you're doing that, why don't you go ahead and send us over your favorite holiday movies that you like to watch while you're getting warm with a nice cup of hot chocolate 
or maybe you're getting a nice glass of eggnog in while you're watching movies with your favorite friends, family, or loved one. Let me know what those movies are. I would love to know. Tag me in those posts as well. I would be ecstatic. And I mean, I, I believe that about brings us to the end of this episode. What else, what else do we have to do? Besides tell you who is our guest next week on the show. And of course, that is the artist that Matthew V is touring along with. That is the wonderful Rhea May. And we're going to be talking all about the Stars Tour, the Stars EP. What brought her to this moment? And of course, what does the future hold for Rhea May? All of this next week on the Desert Tiger Podcast. I'm extremely excited for it. I hope that you are too. And until then, bye bye